You dickhead. Oh no. Right, here we go again. This podcast is part of the You Haven't Heard This Productions and Publications Network. For more great shows and blogs and vlogs, please visit www.yhhtmpc.com. As a movie, it's fantastic. As my book, it's fantastic. What makes Reacher unique in, in the world of book series is that he has no job and no home. Every other crime series, literally, the guy has a job. He's either a private eye or he's a police captain or he's a police detective or whatever, and he's working somewhere, wherever it might be, L.A., Chicago, Boston. He's rooted in a place in a particular job. And what makes Reacher utterly unique is that he has no job, he has no location. I've been on a hundred sets, but to be on a set where they are speaking words that I wrote sitting down at my kitchen table was just fantastic. And uh, to see it come alive before my eyes, it was a dream. And welcome to the Adapted to Screen podcast, a podcast where we take a book and its on-screen counterpart, we talk about it, take it apart and have a laugh in the process. Um, The voice you just heard was that of award-winning author of the Jack Reacher franchise, Lee Child. Uh, With me today to talk about the book, One Shot, and its on-screen counterpart, starring Tom Cruise, is the one and only Philip McCulloch. Hello, Phil. Richie, hello to you. How are you, mate? Take two, because I just fucked up and didn't record, and we just did like car, like a quarter of the show without recording. So sorry. <laughs> it's all good, my brother. It's all good. Anyway, mm. right. You're good. You you good? Are you okay? Uh, yes, I am. Thank you very much. Um, <clears throat> you know, busy and you know doing this, that, the other, um, but uh, glad to be sat down with you for 2022 to get some more adapted screen podcasts out there yeah we're gonna run with it this year we're gonna smash it i mean let's be fair it's gonna be like once every month it's not when you say smash it it's just gonna be once a month (laughs) it is is difficult it's not like the other podcasts i do where we can do it every like every week because it's just easy to prep this you have to read a whole fucking book and watch the film yeah I'd, i'd say we could do this every three weeks but maybe to put, yeah, mm. uh, if we if we go for if we go for the you know once a month, then I think we're in we're in good shape. Yeah, <clears throat> aim for once a month. But if we can do three weeks, fantastic. Even better. Mm. So yes, this is a Jack Reacher one shot we're we're discussing today. Do you wanna do you wanna give us a little bit about the author? Some bump. The author Bumpf. Okay, so James Dover Grant, born in 1954, uh, known by his pen name Lee Child, is a British author of thriller novels. Now, born in Coventry, uh, moved to Hansworth Wood in Birmingham when he was four years old. According to his parents, he would have got a better education in Birmingham than Coventry. Uh, I, I tend to agree. Uh, he went to Cherry Orchard Primary School um, and then to King Edward School in Birmingham, moved to the Sheffield University to study law at the age of 20 and then started working for Granada TV uh, well Granada Television as part of ITV's network um, in 1977 if I didn't already say that uh, in 1995 he was made redundant uh, and began writing the Jack Reacher series so there we have it so 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 he's a local lad Richie he's a local he lad 
Yeah, you, you you can tell that. Well, I'll say you can tell that. You can't. Keep, he speaks quite posh, doesn't he? Well, it's it's very strange because uh, well, he, well, his dad's from Belfast, so his dad would have had like a really staunch Northern Irish accent, I would imagine. Maybe, maybe not, but I would have thought so, especially in the fifties, or at least a man who brought brought up in the thirties in Northern Ireland, uh, and then lived in Birmingham. Uh, I would imagine him to sound a bit more like us, mate. But you know. What are you going to do about that, eh? He reminds me to look at of the uh, the main, I want to say protagonist, but he's a bit of an anti-hero in uh, Breaking Bad. Oh yes, I know what you mean. What, we, we talk about Brian Cranston. Yes, he looks a little. Yeah, yeah, looks a little. Yeah, bit yeah, like yeah, him. yeah. I can see. I can see. I can definitely see. Um, so before we, well, before we move on to a little bit about the film, uh, Richie, when we, when was you first aware of the Jack Reach series? Oh, must have been way back in about three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Per every podcast. I thought I'd watched it before, but it wasn't. It was Jack Ryan uh, I'd watched oh, before. With uh, Christopher Pine. I knew about the film. I didn't know about the book. So, yeah, it was um, brand new to me. Okay, cool. Uh, and so you hadn't, so you hadn't read the book or seen the film up until doing it for this podcast? I knew there was a film. I didn't even know there was a book. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, okay, I hadn't watched good. the film up until this weekend. Gone. Uh, so I've uh, I've been steeped in Jack Reacher lore for for many a year. My mum's a big reader, and uh, I remember her started to tell me she'd started reading these Jack Reacher books, and she'd tell me bits about the books and so on and so forth. And um, and then the film came out, and she was terribly disappointed that Tom Cruise was the lead. Because, because Jack Reacher's like eighteen stone and six foot six, and Tom Cruise, Cruise, Tom Cruise clearly isn't. And it was, you know, probably years after its release. Uh, you know, Mom would still tell me about the books that had come out and so on and so forth, and and whatnot. And then one night, I was uh, just watching the telly, and it came on, and I was like, "Well, I'll give this a go." I had the film, of course, uh, the film that we're that, that we're talking about today. Uh, but the film is just called Jack Reacher rather than Jack Reacher One Shot. I was blown away, Richie, in all fairness. I just thought, this is amazing. I thought Tom Cruise was a badass. Uh, I thought the film was great. And I went upstairs and I well, went to bed and I got my Kindle out and downloaded the first book and started reading and didn't look back from there. So I've read I've, I've read them all. All of them? Yeah, the whole, yeah, the entire series. And just a quick... Well, there's, there's about 20 of them. Uh, I think I think it's like twenty eight, maybe. Wow, are they all good? They're they're all very good. Um, I think the style. I mean, we'll talk about the style of writing later on, but I think his style of writing is very easy. It doesn't really build anticipation. It's more excitement of who Reach is going to punch next. I think that's the way <laughs> that I approach it. I'm like, right, who's going to get it next? But we'll talk about that in a bit. But um, just as a quick side note, uh, for those people who use a Kindle, if you, like me, have read all the books and seen all the films and, there's, and, you, and you're looking for a Reacher fix, there's a couple, there's a couple of Reacher bits that you can get out there. So there's, there's a short story, and these are both approved by Lee Child. There's a series of short stories, probably about 70 or 80 pages long each, set 200 years in the future about... A guy who was cloned from Jack Creature's DNA, and he's been hunted by the government. 
Uh, and that's interesting. It's a bit fucking random. It, it fills a gap of if you want more, reach out. There's also actually, I'm a big fat liar, there's also a, uh, some short stories on Kindle by Lee Child. The problem with those is you read them and after about 40 or 50 pages, they end and you're like, oh, I want more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to read Lee Child short stories. I want to read the novels. But there's also something very, very interesting. Um, somebody has done a series of novels about some, let's just say, FBI agents who are chasing Jack Reacher and they're chasing him from all of the... So, for instance, in the first book, Killing Floor, they're, they go to that town and they investigate when he was there and they see all these murders and they're trying to pin all these murders on Jack Reacher and the books are going and they're trying to follow him to basically arrest him for all his crimes, which is fairly interesting, but I only got halfway through the book and got bored. So, you know. Mm. Mm. I'm looking at the picture on uh, Google of the new Jack Reacher for the Amazon series. Oh, yeah, he's a monster, he's, isn't he? Yeah, he, f- he fits the bill. Could probably do with a few more scars, but yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he, he definitely looks... I mean, for me... Uh, it's, I think it's very difficult to find someone who's 18 stone and, well, they say 250 pound, but let's say 18 stone because, you know, metric and all that, and six foot six who looks like a badass and can act. It's difficult. There's not mm. that, you know, there's not that many people. I mean, really, where you're looking for is in the well of professional wrestlers. I was just about to say that. Well, the one person who's always came to my mind was a, a chap called Nathan Jones. What about uh, Triple H? No, because he's only like six one. Only. Well, I'm six one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? But like, but like someone like Nathan. I mean, the problem with Nathan Jones is Australian, and Reacher he'd have to be leading. So you know, you can't get away with not talking. But like, yeah. he's a giant. Uh, if you've ever seen um, Warrior King with Tony Jaa. Uh, Nathan Jones is one of the guys he fights at the end, um, but like he's massive. But uh, apparently, uh, Dwayne Johnson uh, auditioned for the role, and Tom Cruise got it. But I think Tom Cruise got it because he brought the rights, because he's very clever. Dwayne Boy, Johnson right. would have been better than uh, Tom Cruise, to be fair. Maybe, maybe. But well, I mean, we, again, we can discuss this later on. But I completely, I mean, because. I come from it from watching the film first, not knowing anything about the books. So mm. other than my mum saying he should be this big bloke. But I watched it, I was like, oh, Tom Cruise is a badass. Like, a serious badass. He battered people, and he battered them savagely as well. And I was like, wow, this geezer can fight. You know what I mean? He's like, wow. Um, so I, complete, I completely brought it. But uh, I'm, I haven't seen the series yet, but I'm very excited to. Yes, it does look good. Shall we run through? Um, shall we run through the main cast for the film, and then we'll get on with our what people have come to listen to is the differences between the book and the film. Shall we do that? Let's do that. Okay, okay. So uh, the main cast for the Jack Reacher movie: uh, Tom Cruise playing Jack Reacher, Rosamund Pike playing Helen Rodin, Richard Jensen playing Alex Rodin, David Oliawolo playing Emerson, Joy Courtney playing Charlie, is there anyone else? Oh yeah, Robert Duvall playing Cash and then of course Lee Child playing the desk sergeant Yes yeah, but yeah, who played Annie Annie? Nobody ah, nobody uh, played no, fucking Annie Annie no, 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 they did she, she was on She was on the screen she was on, when Reach is in the, in the hotel room watching the TV she's on, she's uncredited Oh. But we, but but well, if you want to talk about my theories on that now, if you 
if you look at the podcast, so the first difference in the book and the film, in the book there's a lot more people. So if you say, for instance, take uh, the side of, say, James Barr, let's say put James Barr uh, versus police as an example. You've got James Barr, you've got Jack Reacher, you've got Helen Rodin, you've got Rosemary Barr, you've got Franklin, you've got Anna Yarin, and you've got Cash. So there's seven people there. There's seven people on the Emerson. side of... No, uh, no, 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 because no, Emerson... Spoiler alert, but he's the bad guy. So we're talking about on oh, who, sorry, who's, yeah. <laughs> who's on who's on James Barr's side. Okay. Uh, on 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 the opposite side, you've got Rodin, uh, the DA, Alex Rodin. You've got um, you've got what's his face? You've got Emerson. You've got the four Russians. You've got Zek. You've got the um, the chap at the police station, uh, like the forensic detective, as well. And when you look at that already you've got far too many people yeah so, true. you've also got eileen hutton she was the um she was the the was she a general she got two stars she was looking going for oh, two stars yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Well, he's, he's a bit of a he's a bit of on the side shag piece well no you see because that's that's where <laughs> obviously that's where the film and the book differ quite a lot but you've got to look at it from you've got to look at it from the point of for instance uh, Rosemary Barr is just squashed into Helen Rodin's character. They just push those two together. Yeah. You know, I.e., you know, she's fighting for, for... You don't need Rosemary Barr in the film. You just don't. There's no need for her. Don't forget, it's, you know, it's what, a 400-page book, so you're probably looking at a uh, reading time of about six hours, maybe five hours. I think and you could knock some of those pages, down by taking out the amount of times that J- um, Jack Reacher said nothing... <laughs> he said he said nothing so many fucking times. Um, I listened to the audiobook version. I thought, you know what? I'm going to compile uh, all the audio bits together where he says nothing and play it on the podcast. But then I realised it was it would have taken over twenty fucking minutes of Jack Reacher just simply saying nothing. Yeah, you've got well, you've got you've got Franklin, of course, uh, who's the investigator who doesn't need to be there because Jack Reacher's the investigator. So you take those two out. You take those two out. Annie Yarin, you don't really need her, to be perfectly honest. What do you need her for? She's not relevant to the movie. She might be relevant to the book, but actually she's not really relevant to the book at all. She was used in a way to, to help, first of all, help Reacher get a car. That was it, you know, that was... And then help towards the end. She didn't really help then. So her character's... Like, there's no point in her character. So, you know, she can, again, get amalgamated... She can get amalgamated into into Helen Rodin. You've got to keep it tight, True, as yeah. you do. But also, I think um, it was a £60 million budget. And if you look at, for instance... So, like, you take those characters, you don't need them. And they're people who you're going to have to pay. And it's a two-hour film, as it is. You put those people in... It's a two hour thirty, two hour forty five. You don't need it. So, and then also, if you look at um, James Barr uh, when he was when he was put in a coma in the movie, he's just kicked about a bit in the back of a van. But yeah. in the book, he's in a prison. Now you, you got to think. Well, we're going to have to either rent a prison or hire a prison wing or something, or, or build a set, and we're going to need twelve Mexicans all to fight bar. So we need like you know like two days of like doing a fight scene with twelve people, uh, and then we need like another fifty people to you know be inmates work, lurking around and so on and so forth. So you've got to think of the cost. You take those, you take that scene, eh, for instance, and shove it in the back of a truck, which was like what five seconds. Yeah. You know, that. it's cost it's cost you twenty quid in it, and not like two million quid. 
So sure. and, and the same and the same for the characters. You just cut you cut those characters out. You cut because obviously in a book, you know, like for instance, when Breacher was basically hiding and running around the town, hiding from the Russians and hiding from the police, you don't need any of that, do you? Let's no. face it. You just got to get on with it. So how do you get around all of those bits? You take characters out and you move the story forward. I think that was one of the things that they had to do, really, you know, mm. which actually looking on it, because I've read the book twice and you, you, you read it twice and you can see there the reasons why they changed things in the film because they're just not relevant to the to the film. Sure. When you go back to the book as well, it's like the uh, his attention to detail is sometimes I feel unnecessary. It's like when it, at the very start when he's describing the um, the multi-story car park, he goes into so much detail that's unnecessary. I mean, if it was a futuristic car park in space, yeah, give me all the details because I don't know what that looks like. Tell, tell me everything. But as soon as he said car, uh, multi-story car park in the city, I immediately think of a multi-story car park I know in Birmingham. But then, after all that descriptions and everything that he went through and everything else, I still pictured the same fucking car park. It, it made no difference. <laughs> you know what a multi-story car park looks like. You don't need that much detail. You do do that. I remember I remember when I was reading um, uh, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo and someone said to me, oh, it'd be really hard to understand because it's all based in Sweden. I was like, I'll just imagine stuff that I know. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, like, it's, it's as easy as that. Whatever we do, like when you said about the car park, I always think about the car park in Charmsley Wood. It just, that's yeah. the first one that comes to my head. But uh, he's not as descriptive as Stig Larsson. So let's be fair. Okay, so let's, you know, it's not, you know, he's not discussing books on a shelf that might be at an obtuse angle or anything like that. So... <laughs> Uh, as I said before, I think I think the books are really easy to read. Uh, you know, you can really get, you know, you get steam on when you're reading them. And I thought the film really didn't waste any time either. And I really feel that the film wasn't made for Jack Reacher readers. It was just like, fuck them. We're making a fucking Hollywood film here. Yeah. Um, they see, for, to me, the book kind of felt like it was a Hollywood film reading it I, I kind of got that sense I, I, I didn't feel like um, I, didn't, I didn't feel done by watching the mm-hmm. film but then again I'm not a, a hardcore Jack Reacher fan so okay so right, right so let me ask you this one then um, how far into the book did you realise that it wasn't James Barr that did it I, I, I knew straight away it wasn't James Barr and what gave you that impression I really can't remember, but it was straight in the um, in the interrogation room when he says, "Get Jack Reacher." I just knew then. I just knew he he hasn't done this. I don't. Yeah, I just knew he hadn't okay, done it. Okay, cool. It just seemed like an obvious twist. Yeah, of course, and I think obviously, you know, if you'd, uh, you know, if you, uh, I think whether you've read the Jack Reacher books or not, mm. that kind of thing does kind of give it the ah. Uh, He's not guilty. Whereas in the film, they left no illusion the fact that it wasn't him. <laughs> like in the what I've got on my notes, one minute under no illusion who the killer is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did notice that at the very beginning it gives it. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. In the book, it, it does um, leave it to the imagination a bit until later on. So let me ask you this question then: um, when in the when in the book do you think that? Jack Reacher knew that it wasn't James Barr in the book yeah 
I don't think he knew. I don't think it would have been a uh, a click. Oh, that's it. I think it would have been a gradual thing. Gradual thing where putting certain things together, like the um, the coin in the the, the yeah. meter, and then mm. other things, and it would have been a build up to yeah. It, this isn't making sense. Okay, that's not making sense. Nothing's making fucking sense <laughs> except for all of the evidence. Points yeah. towards him. It's so perfect, and it, mm. that's per, yeah, no one's ever seen such a perfect um, crime scene. I think uh, look, from from reading all of the books, I think uh, I think Reacher mostly knows what's going on very very quickly, but he never tells anyone. Mm. So he so he always keeps his cards close to his chest. So when I was rereading the book, you could I think and I think if you ever reread or re-listen, you could probably tell yourself when he's asking certain questions like who are his friends where does he go um like like the whole thing about his um helen's dad being russian you know prompting her on that you know and like because i think i think reacher probably would have known very like more or less straight away like especially with the bar fight for instance like because he says he says no no one knows that i'm here Mm. and there's only two people there's only two people who know that i'm here and so why are people looking for me? Because I haven't done anything and I'm not here to do anything. So I've got someone spooked. Some geezer who I told I'm going to put down has asked for me in exactly similar shooting. And so, and then with the whole quarter thing, I think he knew more or less straight away. Yeah, I mean, he said, he said, didn't he, at the start that I'm here to bury him. So yeah. the fact that, it, you know, Jack Reach is a ghost. If he could have gone into that hospital room and he could have switched off the plug and got away with it he could have just disappeared but uh, the fact that he didn't kill him straight away made me think he he thinks th- there might be more to this yeah and I think like, like especially in the film I think they very much brought everything forward because I think um, uh, you know he goes and sees Rodin they have their conversation Helen well Helen turns up in the film he goes to see her in the book um and, he, and it's uh, probably halfway, I mean, probably three quarters of the way through the book until Reacher says, we need to look at the people who were killed. Yeah. Whereas I think that was probably about about 24 minutes in he went, you need to look at who was killed. Yeah, you, you, you're ramping it up really quickly. Um, you know, like you're ramping up the whole issue very, very quickly in the film. But I think it worked because like, there's no way they could have left that to the end. I never considered that the the victims could have been actual targets rather than just um, randoms. I thought he was set up for it for a reason, and he, they, they were just random people. But the fact that, that when it came up that one of them could have been a target never crossed my. I never never thought of that. You know that's quite funny because um, I kind of well. I kind of guessed it when I was watching the film. I was like, one of those people with a real target. Maybe just because I watch loads of crap stuff. Uh, but um, <laughs> when I read when I read The Killing Floor, I got it straight away. I was like, oh, I know why they're doing that. And it mm-hmm. turned out to be the case. And I think sometimes with uh, sometimes with the Reacher books, it's not about why they're actually doing it. And I, I think when, well, whether we said this uh, earlier or whether we said this when you weren't recording, um, it's not about who the bad guy is or why they're doing it. It's how badly Reacher's going to hurt them. Because that's all you're interested in in the books, really. He's like, when's Reacher going to beat this person up and which geezer's going to get it bad? 
<laughs> you know, you're waiting yeah. for those killer lines and those fight scenes. That's really what I read it for, which is pretty cool. I mean, sometimes they're a bit hard to follow. Uh, you know, he'd be like, Reacher swerves left, ducks right, and with his right knee springs upwards as the man twists. And you're like, I can't picture this fight. Can't he just punch him really hard in the face? <laughs> yeah. can't, you know, you know just, just punch it. Reacher punched him hard in the face and broke his nose. Excellent. Well done, Reacher. In a lot of action films of this type there's, there's that there's that uh, part of the film where the guy gets caught by the bad guy and tied up and you're thinking well how is he gonna get out he's stuck that never happened especially in the book jack reacher went into the house killed everybody and out <laughs> and was, there's... yeah and that, and, and a, a majority of the time that is the case and that's what i'm saying that when you're reading the books there's no there's no like antis what's going to happen next or what's going to you know that he's going to maybe get caught maybe or maybe be in a really sticky situation but he'll always get out of it because like it's because and i think it's one of those this is was this is what i was saying earlier on about when do you think reaching it because i've actually got on my notes here um no examiner 29 minutes so this is when he goes to the police station um and emerson's there so there's no examiner it's emerson he talks to and i'll put in brackets reacher knows 29 minutes in reacher knew it weren't bar in the film reacher's figured it out and there's an hour and a half to go so i think it's one of those like in the book i think reacher cottons on pretty quick to what's going on keeps the cards close to his chest and then he's playing a game of chess in his head six or seven moves ahead so if i do this this will happen and if that happens i need to be there and i need to do this and so on and so forth so it's more about i think like his mental planning coming out is the exciting bit there's no real like anxiety if he's going to be in trouble or not yeah um i think the closest that came was when uh chenko came back in the house from being kicked out the window of the house and then uh he's got the gun at um He's got the shotgun in one hand at mm-hmm. Jack Reacher, but and um, yeah. Jack Reacher didn't give a shit because you know, he's Jack Reacher. But that's I think that's the closest it came to a uh, fucking either way, yeah. Yeah, 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 most definitely. But again, I think that's the case of he knew Cash was behind him, and he knew that Chenko couldn't see Cash, mm. and he knows that Cash has got a gun and he's an expert. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like. I suppose it's a lot of the times he always says, you know, it's like playing, I'm playing the odds. And I think maybe in this book, perhaps, um, you know, there's, you know, there was, I think there was times when they went to the house and they were like, you know, well, this isn't going to work, you know, what are you going to do? And he goes, well, I'll think of something. Because he's already thinking, no, he's not going to get there and go, oh, right, now what shall I do? He's, he's thought six moves ahead he knows what he's going to do and he knows what he needs to do and so on and so forth so it's uh, I think you know, it's, it's the meticulous planning in the head of it some of the books um, are actually in the first person so you get to see his thought process and see what you know it's you know I did this and I did that and I'm doing this where it's good because you get to see his side but obviously from a first person you never get to see the bad guy side hmm yeah, true. If you know what I mean. So so from the third person, it'll go, and Reacher went here. The second Chenko met up. And so you, you, you get both bits there. But um, yeah, so some books are first person, some books are third person. So you get an all-rounded view, I think, in total. There were some differences to start with, but I think that was just, you know, just to get the film moving along. You know, I don't think there was anything massive 
you know, nothing to, to, to cry about difference-wise moving forward. A, a few things changed, a few characters dropped, so on and so forth. But I think the essence of the book is there throughout most of the film. Um, I think we're coming up to my favourite part, which was the bar fight. Absolutely loved it. Uh, oh, yeah, right. yeah, it was good in the loved book it. and in the film. Yeah, and I think that's the thing in the book, and I think that's what I was talking about. It's like there's a lot of there's a lot of you know, and he moved here and he jumped up with his knee and he moved to the side and hit him with an elbow. And you're like, how did you move to the side and hit someone there? How long's his arms? Because <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't think I could do that. You know what I mean? He's like, mm, how does that work? But um, obviously there's a big difference here uh, in the film and the book. In the book, he just beats everyone up and goes about and then just, you know, trundles off. But in the uh, in the film, he's arrested. Yeah, that's true, yeah. And he ends up, uh, he ends up inside the yeah, cell. Which is, which I, I think that was only really so he could have more interaction with Emerson, which may be uh, solidified Reacher's point that he knew that it weren't Bard, he knew who he was. Because, like he said... Nobody knew he was there, yeah. and they were looking for someone called Jack Reacher because that's what he said uh, when, when Sandy says, "What's your name?" He said, "Jimmy Reach." He was like, "What?" No, it's not. It's Jack Reacher. You know what I mean? So it's. Yeah. I think that's when he knew something was going on, and he said, "You know, the police turned up pretty quick, didn't they?" Yeah, Just like they, they did, were yeah. waiting. So I think you know around about that point is when he knew what was going on and who was behind it but just not why and I think that's always Reacher's bit Reacher always wants to know why yeah the destinations in both the book and the the film ended up ended up in the same place but uh the the film went about getting there slightly different and obviously because it needed to do it quicker uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, of course, you know, you can't have a four-hour film, can you? Let's face no. it. Well, you uh, can. I mean, the, the, the well, no, you Lord, can. Of the, Lord of the fucking Rings. <laughs> you can, I suppose. Um, I was surprised that there was lots of bits that wasn't in the book. Like, lots of bits. So, you know, that, that arrest bit. And then um, when he went to Jeb's house, when he went to Jeb's house in the, uh, in the book. And he got attacked. Chat- yeah, so you know that didn't happen in the book, did it? You know what I mean. No, no. And so there's, you know, there's uh, there's lots of bits there, and also I, I think just um, that was brilliant though. I love that made me laugh so much. Well, you see, I struggled with that because when it happened, because I read the book first, I thought, hold on, nobody hits Jack Reacher, and he's lying down in the, in the bath bleeding because he's been hit around the back of the head by a fucking baseball bat. Yeah, but he got lucky because the guy hit the door frame mostly, didn't he? You know, the door frame took a took a lot of that whack out, and because they couldn't get in, because they were fighting with each other to get in, it gave him enough time to recover. But it, but this is what I was saying. Like when I watched it the first time, like you know that bit itself, it felt a bit ridiculous. No, that that so that bit where the where they're fighting each other to get in, yes, maybe. It's a bit ridiculous, but I can imagine that they've been told it's five hundred quid to the person who kills him. <laughs> yeah, that's yes. why the <laughs> that's why they're fighting each other to get to him because the one who gets to him first is going to get five hundred quid. Yeah. Um, but of course, like you know, obviously you've put Reacher in that kind of bit of peril, so you need to get him out of the peril, which that helped. But the bit where you know he's headbutting the one guy with the other guy's head—it's just like the savagery. It, oh, it, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. kind of. Uh, you know, just bang, 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 and then when the other guy come and he's got his finger stuck in the gun, and all that kind of, you know, all of that stuff, uh, you know, really, really fun. Especially when it when he when he first goes to the auto parts store, and uh, 
Gary, need, Gary, Gary the, the auto parts manager says, I need to see some ID. He goes, no. He goes, well, I need to see something. He goes, How about the inside of an ambulance? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know, yeah, just, they struggle that in of... the book. In the book, he just, uh, yeah, yeah, he says something. Does he say in, the inside of an ambulance in the book? He does, yeah, he does. He? Yeah, yeah. Oh, does no, he? no, he does. He does, yeah. And then yeah. he just walks past him and nothing else is said. And I thought, so he just stood there. He didn't call the police or anything. He just let him go. But at least in the film, he explains that if you call the police, um, something might happen. Whatever. In, in the book, no. He just says, do you want to see the inside of an ambulance? And then fucks off into the into the office. Yeah, but I think, and again, I think as as the reader, your reading Reacher is two hundred and fifty pound and six foot six, and if he says, "Do you want to see the inside of an ambulance?" You don't argue, do you? Suppose. You know, what I mean, if that? it's Tom Cruise, you go fucking. I fancy my chances with you, mate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll have a go. Come on, then. <laughs> I'm punching down. You know what I mean? It can't be that hard. <laughs> Yeah. To be honest, I, I was I was enjoying the film all the way up to this bit. Um, well, I suppose this point, uh, and then in the film, as it, when you're watching, because as I said, I, I never read the book. You're watching the film and they kill Sandy, and I'm like, well, what was the point in that? You know what I mean? Yeah. I like, oh, that's a bit like, yeah. what was the point? And then obviously, like, Reach is going back to the hotel, and she's at the hotel. But as a viewer, you're not informed of this. You're having to put all these bits together yourself, which I think if you're watching a film and you don't understand what's going on, it can be very frustrating. Yeah, I see. I, when I watched it, I knew why she'd been killed, but I did struggle because I knew somebody who wasn't in my situation would be thinking, "Well, why the fuck have they done that?" Because it makes yeah. no sense, mm. and it's it's haphazardly done that bit. Is I think I don't, I don't think it's explained very well, and it's only done, and it. <laughs> It's only it's only done in the film to to have Reacher accused of being a murderer. Yeah. And and the car chase and him getting away, where you probably didn't need it in the film, if you know what I mean. Like in the book, you need it because because first of all, you you've got all you know him being on the run, him doing things undercover, the romantic bit with uh, uh, the major or the colonel, the lady from the army you you got all those bits and I think also in the book as well it's those bits where like when he's having dinner with um, what was her name Yvonne what the uh, yeah I- Irene Eileen Hutton Eileen Hutton yeah like in, in the book when when they're having lunch and uh, he goes well I'm going to get arrested for murder later and she's like what you want to be so like you know he knows like he's seen that on yeah. the TV he knows he didn't even go back to the because ho- he wasn't at that hotel but he knows and that's what I'm saying like he he can figure things out really really quickly and he knows what's going on all of the time and then he knew what he'd have to do six or seven down the line where in the film you can't have him running around on the streets hiding because mm. it's because bo- it's boring and it it's and called Jack Reacher the, the film's called Jack Reacher and you, a film without Jack Reacher because he's hiding is going to be quite shit yeah Jack Hyde and Seeker <laughs> yeah that's not really going to work is it it's not really going to work <laughs> you haven't mentioned Samuel Cash oh yeah I mean, I mean Cash is a Cash is like Cash is good and uh, you know he's <laughs> alright no he, he's good and he's he's very much in the film as the book yeah um, I don't think there's really any much difference but the the biggest difference I wanted to talk about really was the ending and what you um, thought of the the endings. What's the difference? There's not much difference, is there? I can't remember. I'm trying to think what the yeah, ending of the book in the was end, now. 
Yeah, it was in a house, and in the film it was in a gravel. Oh, fucking hell, yeah, that was completely different. Um, I, don't, well, I don't know why they did that. Well, I was thinking about that myself, and obviously this is, I mean, by by this time, they figured out why, and in in both the film and the book, um, and in the and in the film, uh, sorry, in the book, sorry, they know it was to do with the gravel pit and the so on and the so forth. That was mentioned. It was Ted's business. It was the woman who was killed. It was her husband's business. He obviously disappeared. She wouldn't sell, and it was the gravel pit she wouldn't sell, even though that he was going out of business because he was being undercut left, right, and centre. For I don't remember the particular reason, maybe why they wanted the gravel pit. I don't really know. You know, they were forcing yeah, him out sure. anyway, and then they and then they killed him for it in the end. And they'd figured that out, uh, and that's <clears> when Rosemary Barr had been kidnapped. And obviously, this is why in the book you need a certain amount of people. So he needed cash to be there to be his gun cover. He needed Helen to be there to act as a decoy, and he wanted Anna there to document it all. And then obviously him to go and do the killing, but I did I did enjoy the banter between him and Reacher uh, in, uh, in in the book when he when he turns up with his gun. He goes, oh, "What you got for me then?" He goes, "Yeah, a knife." What am I going to do? With that? I'm not going to lie, Phil. I struggled with that a lot. This guy, <laughs> you've got to remember, this guy's the best of the best. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's prepared for any situation, and he hasn't sorted himself out a gun to go into a gunfight with. And he's just yeah, happy so, to accept just having a knife. And I, yeah, I know, so, I know, Cash says, but you know, if if you can't get close enough to use a knife, you're fucked anyway. But really, you need a sidearm at least and uh, some sort of assault rifle. Rocket, <laughs> rocket, <laughs> rocket. Yeah, just take the fucking lot out. <laughs> no, so I mean, I'm approaching this slightly differently. You can see that the relationship between Reacher and Cash is opposite ends. One was army. Um, well, I think I think they were they were both army, weren't they? But one was a marine, one was army. Yeah. And they've got that banter of oh, you know, army blokes always moan about their equipment and so on and so forth. So they've got that kind of macho bravado banter between them. But when he comes up with the gun and the and the knife, he goes, "What's this?" He goes, "Like, where's my gun?" He goes, "I don't keep any guns." Because you've got a gun range. Because yeah, I'm not a nutter. <laughs> which which i thought was quite funny but i think and again it is kind of like richard didn't like for that job he doesn't need a good lot like first of all he can't go around and buy a gun now in in books and stuff he'll beat people up and take the weapons off them that's what he does you know he doesn't travel the country with the gun in his back you know if he comes across a baddie what he'll always say spoils of war in the books, spoils of war. So let's say, for instance, he's you know in a diner and he comes outside and some guy goes, "Oh, right, give me your money, mate," and like shoves a gun in his face. He takes a gun off and batters him, and then empties the pockets and takes the gun, and he'll go, "Spoils of war, mate." And that's how he gets by for money, more or less. Just batters. I mean, I get it. Theirs. I just think it's very fucking unrealistic. I, you know, you're going into the the house of the mob, essentially. It's the mob, and you've got God knows how many Russians in there with guns, and he's going to walk in with a knife. It's just unrealistic. It's America. He can find a fucking gun. Mucker. Well, you want to talk about (laughs) unrealistic. You want to talk about unrealistic. Let's talk about the baddies for a bit. Right, the Zek is some old chap with hardly any fingers. Right. And then you've got Chenko. And then yeah. you've got Gabriel. Vladimir. 
uh, Vladimir and Gabriel, like the muscle chaps, right? So you've yeah. got, and obviously the Zek is in control, but in control of what? I always wondered, in control of what? Because <laughs> I never say he's like, you know, the biggest mobster in the town or, you know, he's the biggest drug runner or people smuggler or he's just some old Russian bloke, right, who's got a few heavies. What do they do? Do they shake people down? Well, I don't know. You know, do they, you know, are they selling meth? Well, we know that Jeb was selling meth, but we don't know that he was selling meth for them. Uh, you know, and it's, you know, the chap who, um, his friend who gets beat up by Reacher and, and loses his phone. And then the Zek makes him kill himself by, yeah. by digging his own grave and then shooting himself in the face. Yeah. Falling into the grave. Now, Richie, if you, if me and you, right, let's just have, Yes, you, we'd have turned the gun on the Zek and shot him in the face. That's what we'd have done. Definitely. Yes. Without then, a doubt. And then put him in the ground and then filled his fucking grave and then got in a car and drove off, never to be seen again. Right, so you want to make unrealistic, right? Like, like they pose literally no threat to anybody other than uh, Charlie or Chenko. Charlie is a very, very good shot, and the other two are muscleheads. But the Zek, well, ooh, not scared of him. What's he going to do? He's got no fingers. <laughs> like, literally has no fingers. <laughs> can't be scared of him you know what I mean it's just like so that was like it was like the threat was not not necessarily the threat but what was the point of them what were they doing because mm. like because like in other books like it's like for instance just as an example like Reacher might come across like a meth lab or something by mistake and he's not really that bothered but then the people make it a big deal so then he has to beat them up and like you know blow up the meth lab and stuff like that and so but it was just like he come across it like we got we got ways of doing things around here yeah i'm the zack <laughs> and it's like no you're not mate you're the fucking geezer with two fingers you're a fucking wreck <laughs> yeah you, you, you can't even dial a phone mate you know what i mean like leave it mate. leave it eight <laughs> fuck off you old knacker <laughs> <laughs> Which is so yeah so I think I think we were saying why did they do it differently I think I think anything closed door like for instance anything that takes place on a train or a plane or a submarine or inside a house you you're really restricted to what you can do so have it a bit more bit more suspenseful have it in a gravel pit so you don't need all the other people there you just need Reacher and Cash Cash can do the shooting from the top downwards great Reacher can run around and hide we can use some diggers <laughs> you know what I mean you know there's you know, there's loads of stuff we can do in a gravel pit what can you do in a house hide sure. behind a door oh, I yeah. do like that I do like that scene in the film where Tom Cruise is sat, sat behind this big rock and everybody's shooting at him <laughs> yeah. and then he just looks at the knife in his hand as if to say what the fuck am I doing <laughs> yeah what the fuck am I going to do with this and then he runs and he goes to get the knife and he's like oh fuck hell it's over there <laughs> but but again, it's it's that kind of um, like reach is very very smooth. So like it's like fuck, I'll use this rock, and then he's counting the guy shooting up and shooting at the rock, shooting up, shooting at the rock, and Rich is timing it. One, two, three. One, two, three. Bang! And that that kill, ooh, that kill with the rock, that was vicious. That was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite yeah. It's a quality scene that was. Very yeah, good. that was really good. I don't know. I mean, I'm not really a fan of Jai Courtney. 
in all fairness. Uh, I mean, I think he was probably good. It was good casting uh, as uh, for the role, but I just don't really like him. Just don't like mm. his face. So, like, when he's fighting Cruz, I'm not, I'm not even bothered. I, and I think, literally, I think that's when I kind of turned off. I was just like, oh, I'm not really bothered now. Like, I'm really not. Like, it was all exciting, and now it's boring. <laughs> it's like, yeah. but this is just rubbish. I mean, in the book, it was over pretty quickly for everyone, wasn't it? And I suppose maybe, you know, maybe that's another thing as well. Is Tom Cruise believable as someone who can sneak into a house undetected with four people in there? Yeah, you're like an ant. <laughs> Man, yeah, so yeah, it's believable. He's believable. Um, so, oh, let me ask you this then: what, what did you prefer? Did you prefer the end of the book or the end of the uh, end of the film? Well, I can't remember the end of the fucking book. It was in the house. No, no. I mean, I mean, oh, just, I mean, just in general. You know, did you did you like the house scene when he goes in? He slits the one guy's throat. He bear hugs the geezer. You know, he goes and pushes the pushes Chenko out the window, kills that geezer. In yeah, the I preferred that. I preferved that because it felt like a mob house. You got mob people, and they, they felt like they had a bit of power about them. There's something about them. Whereas in the film, they're just a bunch of Russian thugs. I understand what you're saying, but again, like you know, they're in the mob house. They've got that power about them. But power of what? What are they doing? It's a bit like it's a bit like if you win the money IBO. is power, isn't it? They, are, they you know, they, they've got lots of money, and they've got you know, they're doing shitloads of corrupt stuff uh, with, with yeah, the, but, like, yeah. yeah but you see you see, we're only told that there's a shell corporation we're not told what they do you know what I mean it's like it's kind of like oh yeah this phone and this car it's traced back to a shell corporation and oh yeah but doing what because like mm. we didn't all we see them do is kill people that's all we see them do mm, okay well I've seen loads of films where people get killed like that's not necessarily intimidating, you know what I mean? It's not like, geez, these people are serious. You know what I mean? It's no, but no, but you know what I mean? It, there's no real danger from them. You know, well, what exactly are you doing? I mean, it's just like you tell that to fucking Sandy Phil, lying there on the grass, fucking dead. Tell her, tell her that there's no serious. Pro- that, 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 don't worry about them. Them, them sneaky Russians. One of them hasn't even got fucking hands. Point there, dead. <laughs> Tell her. Abu Hamzad. Um, no, but, that, but that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, it's like if, for instance, like if they were, if they were planning on bringing a like a nuclear weapon in, you go, okay, there's a bit of threat here. You know, Reacher really needs to stop them. But Reacher, re- and it's like in in the book and in the film, they fucked it up for themselves because they stuck their nose into their own business. They tried to attack Jack Reacher because it was, I think, in the, I mean, in the book, was it actually stated, because like in the film, like we see Jeb get his come up, or Linsky, sorry, Linsky get his comeuppance because, you know, like, I've sorted it, I've like set five gazes onto them, where I think in the film it, it was the Russians who were doing that, wasn't it, rather than Linsky doing it. Um, and I don't know where I was going with that, really, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. No, well, basically, what I'm saying... That's it, yeah, the, the Russians stuck the nose... In, in the book, they stuck the nose into their own business. I'm like, who's this geezer? Oh, he's come here. He's, he's, he's going to try and get James Barr off. We're like, no, he's, no, I'm not. I'm here to fucking mate. You know what I mean? He's like, no, I'm actually not here to help him. And you've stuck your nose into your own business, and now you've caused a problem for yourself because no yeah. one will get you. Because he noticed so he'd was... been followed from the start, and he'd been followed from the start because they were curious as to why the fuck he was there, and um, they kind of ruined it for themselves. And that's what I'm saying. They stuck the nose into their own business, yeah, and they got the fingers burnt. Well, finger 
burnt because of it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, cast, when you look at the cast and the people who played the, the different characters, mm-hmm. do you think uh, they fit the part? Take Jack Reacher, for instance, Tom um, Cruise. So, like, well, this is the obvious bit to attack, isn't it? But as I said before, I watched the film before I read the book. And I was convinced that Cruz was a bad motherfucker. I watched that and I was like, Cruz is a bad motherfucker. Like, don't fuck yeah. with him. I watched um, I watched The Born Identity at the cinema, uh, the one with Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Matt Damon's a badass motherfucker. He's just fucking battering people. Like, But like badass fighting as well, not like the shitty Steven Seagal slap cut camera angle to a punch camera it was like proper having like you know triangle chokes and arm bars and fighting gazers who like jump through windows and disarming you know what I mean I was like wow and Tom Cruise was doing this I mean I know he does it in Mission Impossible and stuff you know he does the stunts but I watched that I was like Tom Cruise is a bad motherfucker yeah I think with Tom Cruise he gets a bad rap for it um, because of how he's described in the book but the thing is yeah. although he's a small person with the camera angles and everything, you don't you, you don't see that, and not just that he he acts the part so well. He 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 acts the big person. I don't mean like yeah. oh look at him <laughs> acting the big one. No, it, what I mean is he he acts the the big person. He he, he fills the role yeah. really well. Yeah, and I think yeah, and I think if you go ahead and read the other books, you'll get the sense of I would say Reacher's sense of humour, but it's not Reacher's sense of humour because. I don't think he ever tells jokes. He's just he reaches no nonsense. You know what I mean? He's and I think like uh, it's evident when uh, Sandy sits down in the uh, in the sports bar and she goes, "I'm Sandy." He goes, "So was I last week on the beach." Yeah. Yeah. Just fuck off, love. I ain't got time for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's yeah. like that kind of like he's just like blunt. I think is the best way to to put it is it. And I think Cruz was really good. And I think he was really good in the second film as well. I don't know if you've... Well, you probably haven't seen Never Go Back, the second Jack Reacher film. Equally as good. The The interesting bit about Never Go Back was, I think I think that was book 18, maybe 17. I could be wrong. But he's actually there's actually a build-up to that book. Because so I think in like book 15, for instance, I think he phones his old... Because he used to be the, the major of the police... The, the army police I think he phones up the current major and asks her a question or asks for, for a favour or something like you know to look into something for him and from the book 15 and 16 and 17 he's not in regular contact but he talks to her a couple of times in the book and then by book 18 he ends up going to see her and that's where it all stems from which is uh, which is cool but he's good in that as well and uh as I said, it would be interesting to see. I think it's uh, Alan Rickton, is it? Is his name? The chap who's playing Reach, you know, massive chap. It would be interesting to see if he's, he's got that no-nonsense attitude as well uh, because that's what makes Reach a Reacher, I think. Yeah, absolutely. He's got like an old-time noir detective feel about him. Yeah, he's yeah, he's like I think if you look at like I mean Philip Marlowe's my kind of favorite, you know, noir detective kind of stuff. And I think where Marlowe would ask questions first, Rich is punch you in the face first, then shoot you. <laughs> and then if he's still alive, he'll check your pockets and then ask some questions. <laughs> he's that kind of person. But that's like, you know, as you, as you as you go through the books, that's what you're looking forward to. 
you're looking forward to the guy who's been paid 100 quid to beat him up for whatever reason. I think um, not the not the most recent book, uh, but the book before. I think he ends up in a he ends up in a town, you know, because that's what he does. Just gets on a bus and gets off a bus. That's literally what he does. And I think this time round, he got a lift off someone from somewhere into the because he said, "Oh, like he was hitching a ride," and the guy pulls up. He goes, "Oh, like where do you want to go?" He's off like, the nearest diner, and so the guy takes him to the diner, and he gets out, and then everyone sees Richard get out of this car, and this guy is a bit of a fucking con artist or a a, a bogus guy, so people try and beat him up because they think he's associated with this bloke. And it's like, well, that's ended badly for them already. They've got the wrong end of the stick and been beaten up in the process. But um, I liked, I tell you what I did like, I liked the way that they worked the James Barr angle in the film. What do you at mean? The end, uh, at the end, when he wakes up. Because uh, I think uh... in the um, cause, cause in the book, obviously, it reaches, reaches Hal's road and he goes, well, if it was me, I would have done it from here. And then when, when Helen goes in, he goes, oh, yeah, well... Yeah, I would have done it from there. And she's like, fuck me, Rich. said, that's exactly what you said you'd do. And, you know, he's going, oh, there's a man. There's a man who's going to get me. And, like, he's going to come and get me. And I know he's going to come and get me. Where, like, Helen's like, yeah, and he's just got you off, mate. <laughs> yeah. He's just got you off for that. Yeah, it was and an then, inter- interesting twist on the uh, story. But he didn't, it didn't, although it was completely different, it didn't, um, didn't make it different, if that makes no, any no, sense. No, no, yeah, because I think to be because to be perfectly honest, I think you probably forgot about James Barr. Yeah, James probably. Barr's got a, a big thing in the book because it's all about him. It's pretty much all no, about no, him. No, well, it's not all about well, him, no, but no, no. But I'll tell you why it's all about him in the book because he's got a sister in the book. Yeah, and his sister's there all. She's the time. prevalent in it, isn't she? She's, yeah. she's all, and I think, yeah, and I think, and I think that's what shows you. Like where Reacher has figured it out a lot earlier on because he's not bothered about Barbar's fucking below. Like he's not one because because if he knew and this is what I'm saying, if he thought that Bar was guilty, he would have just gone on a coach and just gone. Yeah, he wouldn't have cared. He's just bye, see you later. Job's done. Don't need to be here. But he knew that he wasn't guilty, so now he wants to know why. And because he got set upon, he wants to know why again. And I also like the bit on the bus. When you know the the bloke's smacking his bird about, and Reach just gets up, and you're like, "I want to see that. <laughs> I want to see yeah. that geezer get battered and thrown out the bus window or something." Mm. All in all, though, I, I think I think they closely follow each other. Not not perfectly, but they they, they follow each other. It follows the story just right, and they've they've done yeah. it. They've, ch- they've they've changed things, but they've changed them in a way that's made it stay close to the, the original story. Yeah, you've got you've got all the points. All the points from the book are in the film. Um, I think, especially the start. The start's done really well. You know, it's driving into the car park. It's going in. You know, the cone, the coin, the bit that's cordoned off for works. The looking at the people. I mean, I did actually make a note and said the shooting wasn't the same, but that's how they figure out who the person is in the book. When it's that gap of the shooting, it's the three second gap to make sure that she's dead and then move on and kill two others. And also what I thought was when he was aiming the gun at the child, or at least, well, it wasn't the child that got killed, it was the the girl carrying the child, but they were letting you know straight away, these are vicious people. They're not nice. You know, it's kind of like, like if you watch films uh, where like some guy might do a bit of raping. Like, <laughs> it's like a good ad for a bit of a rape. 
Yeah, no, because I, I no, right. There's a lot of eighties films that do that, right? And they do that to let you know this guy's bad. He, like, make no mistake, this guy is the bad guy, because this is the kind of thing that he'll do. And obviously, that's thankfully, that's kind of stopped. But it's the kind of like there. It was like, is he going to kill the kid? Is he going to kill the kid? Bang! And you're like, bastard. Like, he's a proper bastard, he's, isn't he? He'll kill a kid. He ain't bothered. So that was there to say these are really horrible, nasty people you shouldn't mess with kind of thing. That was, which I kind of like that, you know, to, that, that lets you know from the start these aren't to be messed with people. These people don't have any morals. They don't care. You know what I mean? They'll do anything. And then mm. they're, the people you, they're, they're the people you have to worry about, or at least that person shooting the gun is the person you need to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. But overall, uh, overall, I enjoyed. Uh, you know what, Richie? I enjoyed rereading the book. In all fairness, I did. Uh, I didn't as much enjoy rewatching the film. Really? But uh, to be fair, I think I've probably seen it five or six times. In all fairness, so, I've seen you know, it once. I don't it, think I'll need to see it again. But I wasn't disappointed. No, no, no. But I mean, I think for me, uh, it's one of those. If it's on the TV, I like watching the bar fight scene because I think that fight scene's brilliant. I really yeah. do. I mean, that elbow, that, because it's funny because he's like, I ain't got all day, mate. And he's like, well, what are you going to do? Take all of us on? He goes, well, I don't know. It's, it's five against one, isn't that? It's three against one, mate. Yeah. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, well, two, you're going to fucking leg it, ain't you? You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> and then that, he's that's, like, that's from the book as well. Yeah. And then he's like, like, I ain't got all day. I've got things to do. <clears throat> I just remember you wanted this. And that elbow, I don't even know how he does it. I'll have to slow mo that. It just bang. And then just like kicks him in the balls. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the savagery. It's like, fuck me, he's just immobilised him. The, like the main geezer's done. Two moves. For me, it's not a, a massively memorable film. I'd give it, I'd, I'd give it a seven, seven and a half out of ten. It was a good film. Well, it was enjoyable. That's more, well, well, that's more than what I would give. I would give it seven. But um, yeah, I think th- the end, I just get really bored. Like I'm just like, I'm really bored. Yeah, like, I'm not. I'm not scared. I'm not like anxious. Yeah, I, I, I was it's... the opposite with the book. I was, I was bored at the start. Okay, intro. Yeah, but you get bored about details of scenery. Yeah, it's like I said. I mean, he went on for pages and pages, but about the fucking scenery. And I, I don't. Once you've got the scenery in your head, anyway, don't matter how much he describes it, it's not changing. I'm picturing. I'm picturing Birmingham fucking multi-story yeah. car park no matter what you say but I think I think also Richie you're probably coming from a different angle whereas for instance um, when I watched the film then I went back and started reading the books and I actually didn't read the book until I'd got to the all of the books that I could read if you know what mm. I mean so I read like one, two, three, four, five, six, missed seven missed that one and then carried on reading and then when I'd run out of books to read, I went back and read it and I was actually like, oh, this is the same story told a different way. That's interesting. You know what I mean? So I'd preempted, adapted to screen about six years previous. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, so so you was asking me about characters in the films. Um, so is there, is there someone you would replace or think that would do a better job in the role? Um... Do you know what? No, I don't. I, I mean, no, I, I wouldn't even change. Maybe, no, even, even Tom Cruise did a, a good job. I think mm, it was, yeah. as far as character 
selection goes. I think they, they did a good job. Yeah, I think so. I think everyone was believable. You know what I mean? Everyone was believable in the film. Maybe the desk sergeant, I would have changed him. <laughs> what do you mean? Um, Lee Child. Lee Child. <laughs> That's yeah. Lee Child. Yeah. Uh, but no, um, I think, uh, yeah, no, I think they got it spot on. So the question is, uh, Richie, so, oh, oh, uh, what was your, what was your favourite scene? My favourite scene? Um, Jesus. Did I even have one? I don't think I even have a, a, a standout scene. It was just an okay film. Nothing really stand up. Probably just that that bar fight. Well, you've ruined the next question. What's your takeaway scene from the film? That. <laughs> the yeah. same scene. Yeah. No, I think so. I also, what I enjoyed, uh, I actually enjoyed the beginning of the of the gravel pit but you know when he's reversing back in the car and the bullets are shooting all the paperwork I was like I quite like that and he gets the mm. car stuck and he's like shit yeah <laughs> so yeah I mean that, that that was pretty cool as well I, I quite like, like the scene where he, he realises he's, he's, in, he's in a massive gunfight with a knife and it, <laughs> that, that look of hopelessness on his face yeah quite no, that like was that. good as well so um, would you would you read more Reacher books Richard? I'm going to read more Reacher books based on the fact I love those detective type uh, books and I've been struggling to find a, a decent series so yeah uh, okay so well well first of all i'd recommend starting at the beginning killing floor and then go and watch the amazon prime series because the series is taken from the killing floor okay well that's good that's what, that's what, that's what i was gonna do and i was gonna start from the the beginning so yeah no you yeah. should do yeah no i enjoy them and uh yeah what, what would you give the book out of 10 um i attend that one particularly uh probably an eight I think mm-hmm. uh, the film probably gets a seven. There's been better Reacher books, but that one was okay. Not bad. I'd probably go the same. Yeah, eight. Um, and this is where you do your soundtrack, Richie. What soundtrack mm-hmm. or what song would you attach to the Reacher film? Let's pick a song or artist to go yes. with it. Um, yes. I, I, I don't know. I don't, well, you go first. Well, I think, and I've probably said this before, but I'd probably have something like Guns N' Roses. Like, you know, Welcome to the Jungle would be quite like, you know, when he was reversing into the gravel pit, you know, Welcome to the Jungle would be kind of apt for that scene particularly. Um, But I don't know, because it was very... um, I think it was maybe very melancholy. Is that a word? That That's the thing. I'm, th- I'm thinking more it of a was... jazz track to it, like um, making it a bit more noirish. Well, if you uh, say, well, if you go back, like as you said, start at the beginning with the killing floor. The reason why he goes to that town that he goes to is because of a blues singer. Because mm. the blues singer was born there, and he's a. I wouldn't say it's a big blues fan, but like blues music is a lot of uh, a lot of what Reacher's into. Um, like green grass, blues, that kind of stuff. So maybe if you looked at something uh, like a Miles Davis, for instance, or yeah. uh, or like a, I mean Sam Cooke, but you can't really like like it wouldn't work with the film. It depends because so jazz, so. jazz is very eclectic. It, it, you can you you could find a, a, the right jazz piece for the right scenes. Oh yeah, most definitely, I think so. But yeah, I'd, I'd like it to be a bit more noir. I like the whole detective noir thing, but I can't find many 
series or well, books like that? Well, well, okay, so if you're interested in uh, like noir detective stuff, uh, Nero Wolf, um, definitely get those. You can get the radio plays on podcast. They're really good. Uh, the Nero Wolf Mysteries was a, uh, a series of books as well. The books are great, and they did make a TV series out of it with uh, Timothy Hutton and uh, Roman Sharin. I've butchered his name, but they're really good, and I enjoyed them very, very much. But Nero Wolf is basically he's a, down, so I'll check that yeah, he's, well, basically he's a five hundred pound man detective who never leaves his house, and he just sends his errand boy out to basically do all of the detective work. But he knows everything, you know what I mean? It's it's pretty cool. And the radio players are from the fifties, but on uh, and you can get them on 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 a podcast that would add to the uh, to the feel but, of it though I think yeah yeah like literally the half an hour and um, you, you know, just type in Nero Wolf Mysteries and you'll get it up and there's some bloke called Adam Adam Graham and he hosts it because Hi, I'm Adam Graham. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what you want. He introduce he introduces the podcast and uh, the episode, and you listen to it, and it's great. Also, uh, Philip Marlowe again. Uh, I think from um, Philip Marlowe was I can't remember the writer, uh, but the writer was. If you ever watch Agatha Christie's Miss Marple, the the writer of Philip Marlowe was Agatha Christie's favourite author. Okay. Um, and I can't, I can't think who it is off the top of my head. But if, but if you want noir, go for Nero Wolf and Philip Marlowe. I will check those most out. Definitely. Awesome. Most definitely, you can thank me later. Oh, I shall. I will definitely check those out. This has been a good episode. I feel. Um, yes. Shall, shall we choose a book slash film for next time? Or uh, yeah. So I thought, shall we do? Shall we do it limitless? Limitless. Mm. Um, Is this another one that you've not read? I'm or seen? not familiar. Uh, it's the one with Bradley Cooper when he when he takes the drug and he makes his like he, he can use like ninety percent of his brain. Oh, is it? Wasn't didn't have her what's what's her face out of Resident Anna, Evil? In it? Anna, Anna Friel. No, that's Mila Jovovich, and you're thinking of Lucy, I think. Yes, I am thinking of Lucy. Thinking is that a similar Lucy. film? Absolutely. Well, I can say absolutely not, but I have not seen Lucy. But okay. absolutely. Basically, the premise of Limitless is there's some chap. He's kind of. He's. I think he might be like a teacher. You know, like a substitute teacher. Down on his luck. Bit of a loser. And he. And his brother-in-law gives him a, a pill, and he takes this pill, and like literally, like because. I think they say that, you know, we only use 3% of our brain or whatever it is. Like, literally, he can use 90% of his brain and, like, for the next two days, he's on one. <laughs> and then he, and then he like, tries to find the guy again. I think I've had one of them pills. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think we've all had what, what I like to call the golden rolling pin, where, <laughs> where one day turns into four. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> and then, like, he goes looking for, like, this dude and goes, like, dude, give me some more of that gear. And then it all kinds of goes a bit great, but also a bit off at the same time. Sorted. Well, that's the, that's the one we'll go for then. Okay, cool. Excellent stuff. Lovely. And is, is the book called Limitless as well? Yeah, the book's called Limitless. Um, I think you, if if you're buying the book, you'll probably get the cover with Bradley Cooper and Robert De Niro on the front. If you're, if you're audio booking, then you won't. You'll just get Limitless. But yeah. I think maybe we can do that for the next one. Again, it's another one I've already read and watched, but it's just, I was going through the list of stuff that I've seen 
Well, I haven't done it, so it's exciting for me. Well, uh, yeah, that's that's been an awesome episode. Uh, if you want to catch us, um, the Adapted Screen Podcast, we're on all socials. We're on uh, Facebook, Twitter. I don't think we're on Instagram. Twitter. No, not yet. Not yet. We, we, we probably will be at some point, but we'll leave all the links in the show notes yeah. so you can go and find us and show us some love yeah, and all that good stuff. Catch us on... Catch- Catch us on yeah, Spotify. We've got previous we've got previous episodes episodes with stars of Coronation Street, Mrs. Doubtfire, uh, Casualty, The Works. So yeah. we've got stars from stage and screen on our previous episodes, which you can catch in our back catalogue. And hopefully, we'll have some guests coming up soon, also. Most definitely. So yes, thanks, Phil, for for joining me. It's been a it's been a good episode. Yeah, no, excellent. Oh, and just to say for any new listeners, uh, I know that we said we do limitless next, but that not might be the case. We might get a guest, and the guest might go, "I don't want to do that. I want to do something else." Absolutely. So you know, it can, Which is can change. The case. Things can change. <laughs> things That's can usually change. The case. Yeah. Okay. All right, so, then, brother. Thanks yeah, very much for your th- time. Thank you for yeah. Thanks for and um, until next time. This has been the Adapted to Screen podcast. Jack Reacher is a ghost served in the military police. A brilliant investigator. Troublemaker, too. Then, two years ago, he disappears. You don't find this guy unless he wants to be found. Excuse me, sir. There's a Jack Reacher here to see you. Can I help you? James Barr. You say he shot five people. I don't believe he did. What exactly are you saying? He was framed. What does an army cop do mostly? What you do. It's one minor difference. Every suspect was a trained killer. What do we hope to find? The truth. The soldier is asking questions no one else would ask. Get the lawyer. Helen? No. Helen, are you hurt? Do I have to tell you how this works? Do you think I'm a hero? I am not a hero. Lawyer's all yours. On second thought, I'd like to kill you. They want me to run. Then I'm gonna finish this. You're a little rusty, Mr. Reacher. nothing to lose and if you're smart that scares you he doesn't care about the law he doesn't care about proof he only cares about what's right out of the car So, so three quarters of the way through a four hundred page book, you find out that James Barr didn't do it. Twenty seconds into the fucking trailer, you find out he didn't do it in the film. <laughs> yeah. The trailer is a bit. 
Depends what's that trailer, isn't it? Really? <laughs> yeah, that's quite good. Yeah, but also it's yeah because the Reacher's game really didn't do it. Is like, oh right, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Welcome to the Adapted to Screen podcast, a podcast about lesser-known music by lesser-known artists, twat. Um, 